providing real solutions for real industry challenges. Welcome to FNF Unplugged, the talk of the title industry. Welcome to FNF Unplugged. We'll be going inside the business of ALTA, the American Land Title Association, and how it can help you. Today, we are focusing on Alta Forms, the registry, and industry best practices. I am here with Kelly Romeo, Paul Martin, and Steve Gold. We certainly have a full house today, don't we? We sure do, Linda. This is Kelly Romeo. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Thank you for having us. Hi, this is Paul Martin with the Alta Registry. It's great to be here, Linda. Thank you for inviting us. And this is Steve Gold. Thanks for having us today. Great. Let's get started with you, Kelly. Let's talk about wire fraud and diversion of funds. I can't tell the listeners, especially the consumers listening, how important of a topic this is. You're absolutely right. We know from the FBI's annual report that in 2019, they received more than 450,000 reports of wire fraud in some way, shape or form and that the losses exceeded three and a half billion dollars, and that's billion with a B. In that report, the crimes that were the biggest money makers for the criminals were business email compromise, and you may have heard that called BEC, its acronym, and also crimes like romance fraud and spoofing and ransomware, you've heard of elder fraud, and tech support fraud, where they call you on the phone and say they're from Apple or Microsoft and try to get your password out of you. So all that sounds super scary. I think what we all want to know is what can we do to protect ourselves? First, I would say, let's all recognize that it's a crime and agree that it's a crime. It's nothing to be scared of talking about. Everybody needs to know this information. The people and organizations who are perpetrating wire fraud are criminals. Um, It can happen to you, but there are some things you can do to try to protect yourself. Second, I would say, let's learn how to protect ourselves at the equipment and application level. So make sure your computers, your systems, your mobile devices all have the latest operating system updates and patches. The updates close vulnerabilities um, that they learn about, the, the developers learn about, and they provide you with some protection. It's also important to use virus protection and malware detection software and keep that up to date. It is kind of a pain in the rear when that message pops up, time to update your OS, but do it. It's really important. And use the tools that that are provided to you. Spam filtering software is important. You may have a service like Barracuda or Mimecast at work. You can also teach your consumer email programs which messages are junk. And gradually, it'll start to filter out the things you don't want to see that you know are not email messages you want to open up. And it takes a little time to unsubscribe. But if you don't want email unsubscribe to it or drop it in your junk folder. The less email you actually have to process and work with, the more you can take your time to make sure it's really email you ought to be paying attention to. Finally, when it comes to email, take a minute to see if you can turn on dual-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication. It adds a tiny pain point during the login process, but it can discourage a criminal. They won't have access to that six-digit code you have to key in. You know, I think of all of this stuff kind of in a similar way 
that I think of locking uh, and closing doors and windows at home. You know, if you're not the easiest target on the block, you probably won't have somebody break in. The other thing that I would suggest people do is just start to think differently. You know, once you've locked your doors and windows at home, this is sort of like changing your level of caution or suspicion when you answer the phone or open the door. Slow down, just slowing down to read your incoming email carefully and think a little bit like a criminal can be helpful. When you look at your email, look closely at the sender's email. Sometimes the system fonts make it kind of tricky. Also, slow down after you click reply. Look at that sender's email address again to make sure that a familiar name hasn't been spoofed with a different email address underneath. And better yet, use the forward feature. You can type in an email address you already know to be accurate instead of just hitting reply. Um, I think everybody knows to be careful when you open attachments or click on links, but always, if you're unsure, call the person who sent you the message if you weren't expecting it, especially if you weren't expecting it, but give them a call and say, hey, did you send me a message with these attachments or asking me to go do something on on a site? Um, It pays to be careful because the criminals are after your money. I have to say, one of the reasons I think education is so important is the nature of the industry. You're often working with people you don't know very well or haven't known very long. The work is intense and time critical. There's a high emotional value to buying a home. And so many people in real estate, mortgage finance, and the settlement professions, title insurance folks, are so focused on customer service, providing good, quick, helpful customer service. That instinct to be helpful makes you act quickly. It's hard to slow down and just take an extra minute to look closely at those emails to make sure a criminal has not hijacked the conversation. So for consumers, I think the biggest danger is still closing day or the day before closing day when criminals are very careful to time their message and try to send you new closing instructions. I'm kind of a broken record on this, but please slow down, take a moment to make that phone call to an original known contact point, uh, a, a, a phone number for your realtor or a phone number for the title company that you wrote down when you first met them. Now, speaking of best practices, Steve is gonna share what's happening with Alta's best practices program. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah, I wanted to uh, to go over the Alta Best Practices program. And really to start with, I wanted to provide you a little bit of background. In 2013, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau started to put in place some lender regulations that were broader than before. And as a result, the lenders started to consider whether they would have liability for the practices of title agents, underwriters, escrow agents, settlement companies, and real estate attorneys. Rather than waiting to be reactive to government or other externally imposed requirements, Alta worked with the industry to establish and document the core practices and standards, which really represented the best practices for title agents and to provide methods for self-regulation and reporting. These best practices cover multiple areas, including licensure, escrow accounting, privacy concerns, information security, the protection of personal information, 
settlement policies and practices and a few other areas as well. One of the areas that falls within information security is one that Kelly just referred to, and that's really talking about wire fraud. This best practices effort has been an extremely successful program, unheard of adoption, and has not required government intervention. It's really permitted title agents to adhere to a core set of standards, which they're using to self-regulate without a mandate imposed by the governments. These lenders were interested in getting ahead of what could be a potential risk. And the creation of these best practices allowed the title agents to comply with standards that represented the real needs of the industry, their lenders, and ultimately it's for the benefit of the consumers without a need for the externally imposed controls. In terms of what's next for these best practices, we go through repeated cycles of assessment and revision so that we remain on the leading edge of potential issues and continue to address the concerns experienced by the lenders and regulators. Our work groups examine the existing marketplace and issues that are experienced and anticipated uh, in order to keep us on the leading edge of issues as they present. We're currently in an assessment portion of the best practices cycle and looking to redefine what's important to protect all parties involved in the real estate transactions and ultimately, again, to protect the consumers. Just as a segue from best practices, one of the alter best practices does involve the alter registry. However, the alter registry, the way I like to describe the alter registry is like NMLS, but for title agents, without the luxury of government management. It's easy to use. It's a single source of the truth. And what we have done here is we've built an industry utility to you know, to best help our title agents, members and non-members, uh, do business more seamlessly with lenders. One of the keys to the registry is the ALTA ID that you get uh, allocated when your location is listed in the registry. The history of the registry goes back about uh, nine or ten years, believe it or not. It, uh, it was a long time in building. Um, it's a, it, it was a complex problem to solve uh, and really arose from uh, a request from Alta membership and the Board of Governors to, to build a national database of title and settlement agents um, as Lenders have been expressing frustration in trying to identify agents from the different websites of the state governments. Uh, I must admit, I've tried searching some of these state websites, and it's it's not a rewarding experience, I can assure you. So in 2017, the Alter Registry was launched. And in the, the, the time between now and then, we've added uh, over 8,700 title agent locations and, and real estate attorneys uh, last year, we launched the RON Ready Indicator. Um, what that means is that uh, uh, agents who are in the registry can opt to have a RON Ready icon uh, listed with their record that indicates that they are equipped, trained, and capable of closing loans using some form of remote online notary. It proved highly successful. The ramp up rate when we launched right in the middle of the pandemic was pretty steep. The registry, it's actually, it's free to join. Any title agent that issues title or real estate attorney that's involved in some aspect of the closing process can join and get a, get a listing in the registry. For a title agent seeking to get a listing, 
You list the details pertinent to your business, your legal entity name, your address, your DBA, and then you pick which underwriters you're, you're approved by, underwriters you have an agency agreement with, and then simply hit submit. If you've got one or two branches, the whole process takes less than two minutes. Uh, myself and Kenny Landon, who works with me, uh, have, have onboarded many agents ourselves. Also, this may come as a surprise to some of your listeners who are Ulta members. Is the, the registry is open to Ulta members and non-members. And the thought there that the governors came up with was that it's around building an industry utility, a tool for the whole industry. Uh, I'd like to pick up a theme that Steve mentioned about, you know, how, you know, best practices indicate that we're regulating ourselves. ourselves. Well, the registry is an indication of how the industry has put together a tool to help lenders and consumers, and we believe demonstrates pretty thoroughly self-regulation. So looking to the future, what's next for the registry? We hope that the number of searches continues. Last year, the registry was searched 25,000 times. The year before, about 20. We saw a significant ramp up during the COVID lockdown period, or the start of COVID rather. So we see that searching uh, increasing. Uh, I track that on a monthly basis, and it's quite exciting to see that this industry utility uh, we intended to be is being used as that. Looking forward to this year, we're going to add further data and information to the registry to make it more useful for underwriters and lenders. So in summary, the Alter Registry, great, great tool for helping your brand, getting your brand on a national platform, um, we see it as a utility, a single source of the truth on, on title agents, free to join. I want to stress that it is free and will remain free. Um, so uh, I'd like to thank Fidelity, actually. Fidelity has done a great job of um, promoting the registry amongst its agents, uh, as with the other underwriters. Uh, but I would really like to thank Linda on the efforts she's made to communicate the value of the registry to Fidelity agents. We really look forward to this being the industry utility for title agents. So the Alta forms, I uh, appreciate you asking this question. Um, many people are very familiar with the Alta name and the Alta forms, but may not know specifically why they're important for the entire uh, real estate industry to function. There are really multiple aspects of the Alta forms that make them so critical for the entire engine of the industry at a base level. There is standardization from using the Alta title insurance forms that allow the consumer to know that the real property they are purchasing has consistent value and provides quality title, no matter who is the seller and no matter who is providing the policy. Uh, likewise, the seller can be assured that the buyer having title insurance has a title insurer to go to if problems or questions arise. Say, for example, heir of the prior owner suddenly shows up claiming that they have rights to the property that were not extinguished when it was transferred from the prior owner. At a second level, the Alta policy forms enable the mortgage market to exist by providing a similar type of coverage to the lenders and secondary markets as the homeowner receives. Without the predictability for lenders and the secondary market, knowing that the quality of title they receive. Each transaction would need to be scrutinized for any title issues, deficiencies in the title policy. And this would greatly hamper not only lenders, but the secondary markets as well. 
Uh, these policies allow the secondary markets to purchase loans with reliable and consistent title insurance coverage so they can safely purchase the loans created by the lenders and that in turn helps more borrowers get into their new homes. Third aspect is that the Ulta forms provide a way for title protection to evolve as the law changes, as regulations change, and new issues present themselves. The industry works together through Ulta committees and work groups to determine how to best provide the protection that the consumers, lenders, and secondary markets, not only now, but also into the future, will need. These proposed changes are reviewed and accepted by the underwriters and agents, and importantly by the lenders, regulators, and the secondary markets. Uh, this evolution is one which involves the review by all entities and provides protection as the title issues face change over time. So this situation we're talking about, we can contrast that with the time before title insurance, when it was essentially abstractors providing an opinion about title, and as long as they weren't negligent, there really wasn't any liability if problems later arose with the title that somebody received. And even with title insurance, if we didn't have a standardized approach, it would require that every policy be scrutinized to determine what was being provided. Both of these approaches had a lack of predictability that would never support today's financial model that relies on buyers being able to be assured that they are receiving marketable title that they can fairly easily obtain a mortgage and that the secondary market exists to support the lenders and the ability to continue to write loans. The world of real estate and real estate financing would look very, very different today without these advantages of standardized industry accepted title insurance policies. Let me talk to you a minute about the pending 2021 Alta forms you may have heard about. Various Alta Forms committees, subcommittees, and work groups have been really hard at work to address changes in the law and regulation that have occurred. Uh, the 2021 forms are the first major release since 2006 and represent a lot of time and effort to thoroughly address the changing needs in the industry. The purpose of them is that they are designed to improve coverage and address issues today and into the future without causing disruption to the industry. These policies do not change very often, but when they do, it's a major industry effort to get it right and to make it a smooth process for all parties involved. As for the timing, we're currently scheduled to have the new 2021 policy forms released on July 1st of this year. But the new forms typically take a while to make it into the marketplace and involve state regulators, adoptions by the secondary markets, underwriter adoptions and system implementations. So even though we're talking about a July 1st release date, don't expect to see them immediately, you know, on that date or probably soon thereafter. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, Paul, and Steve. This was all great information. So I greatly appreciate your taking time out for joining us at FNF Unplugged today. Thank you so much. We really appreciate the opportunity to talk about the depth of work that we do at Alta in these areas and so many others. Really a pleasure to be with you and with the audience. And if people have made it to the very end, we are grateful and we thank you. If you have questions, comments, or would like us to feature a specific topic, 
Email fnfeducation at fnf.com. Thanks for downloading FNF Unplugged, a presentation of the FNF family of companies. All rights reserved. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent, including Fidelity National Financial or its directors. Please seek legal or financial advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.